episode of Basketball Daddy Podcast. I'm your host, Keith. It's been a while since uh, my last podcast. And now uh, I'm going to cram a couple of episodes into this episode. Namely, I'm going to talk about Fantasy MVP, Coach of the Year, and All-Star Selection re- Reactions. So here we go. For Fantasy MVP... It's not the same as your regular NBA season MVP. Regular season MVP, I think everyone knows. It's like MB, Jokic, Giannis, and of course LeBron. Jokic's having a career year, and so is uh, MB, leading the Sixers to Eastern Conference best record. And you can't blame him. Jokic also having a career season um, across the board career highs in points rebounds and assists but for fantasy MVP it's slightly different you know player that are in the top 50 or so but most importantly they're on winning teams they contribute to all the winning teams in Yahoo fantasy so here we go so I'm gonna talk about the list of players who are found in the most most found in the top winning Yahoo fantasy teams. Number one, the first one I'll talk about is Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant's a late round pick at best. He was a double digit, digit round selection. And no one thought he would average over twenty points. As of February, he was averaging 23.5 points, 2.5 threes, almost a steal, almost a block. He's hitting career highs in every category, and he's leading the Pistons in scoring. So, if you have him, he's easily a top 50 player. Right now, from a late round flyer, he easily contribute to uh, a lot of winning on your side. Another player is a rookie, Tyrese Halliburton. Tyrese Halliburton was probably not drafted or drafted really late. He plays for the Sacramento Kings and he's arguably one of the best players, maybe the second best player or maybe the best player going forward. He's averaging 12 points, 5.5 assists, 2.3 threes. 1.2 steals. He's shooting 59% from the field. And he's easily a top 40 player in Yahoo Fantasy. So that's Tyrese Halliburton. The other guy is Jokic, the real life MVP and also a fantasy MVP. Like I said, he's averaging career highs across the board in points, rebounds, and assists. As of now, he's averaging 27 points, 11 rebounds, 8.5 assists, shooting 56% from field, which is a career high. And he's also above 80 in field goal percentage. His effective field goal percentage is off the charts. It's way above 65. So with that, he is uh, contributing a lot of winning. Even though you took him uh, some who may be second half of the first round easy around you know 
6 or 7, maybe as low as like 8 or 9. But he's giving you number 1, and it's not even that close uh, throughout the year. Who's number 1 by far throughout the year, even above Harden and the Currys, who were taken before him. So he definitely contributed to uh, a lot of winning early on. Terry Rozier is a surprise here. Terry Rozier is averaging career highs in points. He's shooting lights out. His threes are unbelievable. And he's contributed to a lot of winning in real life too. The Charlotte Hornets really needed that boost step up. Especially with some injuries that they've had in the backcourt and in the wings and the scoring positions. Rashawn Holmes is averaging 13 points and 8 rebounds. Well, why is he one of the fantasy MVP this year? It's because he's shooting 66% from the field, high 70s in the free throws. He's averaging 1.5 blocks. And he was selecting a late round. To get that in a late round, to get like top 50 from a late round, guy top 50 production for a late round guy definitely contribute to winning he probably plucks the hole in a lot of guys who missed out on all the big centers and if you got Rashawn Holmes he definitely fill in admirably for all the big center stats that you need eight rebounds 66 percent that's his strongest strongest category 66 percent uh which you know helps you uh cover up for a lot of bad shooting in your if you have some shooting on your team. So Rashawn Holmes, late round pick, giving you a top 50 production, is uh, is a contributor to a lot of winning, and is a fantasy MVP candidate. Now, the next fantasy candidate is Vucevic, also a center, but you know he's selected you know late second round, maybe early third round. You know, easily in the 20s. He's like still like around in the 20s, uh, late teens. But he's contributed as a top 12, top 11 first round guy. 23 points, 11 rebounds, three and a half assists, a steal, a block, great percentages for center, uh, the high 40s and a 48% and 78% from the free throw as a this recording. So. Vucevic deserves a lot of credit for a lot of fantasy winning. And, you know, having 2.53s doesn't hurt either from the center. With that kind of shooting, he's uh, carrying the low for Orlando Magic going forward with all their injured players like Aaron Gordon, Michael Foltz, Cole Anthony, you know, all those injured players. So, going forward, he should be a top 12 player for the year. DeAndre Hunter uh, has a, having a breakout season. Having 17 points, two three-pointers for a late round, double-digit round pick, maybe one of your last pick. Everybody remember he had a bad rookie season, inconsistency, but he showed some flashes. So uh, for him to break out, to finally figure out in this Hawks offense, which, uh, which hasn't been good, but he's been one of the bright spots in the Hawks' offense. The last guy I want to talk about was Miles Turner. At one point, he was averaging four blocks per game. 
and now he's settled down to uh, 2.6 blocks, which is still a monster. He's also give you 1.23s, 50% field goal percentage, double-digit scoring, and so he's winning you one category outright. So, and he's contributing in other categories from a center spot. Three center blocks are very valuable, especially from a center. So, so that's why Mouster deserves mention as a fantasy MVP here. Hard to say who's the top fantasy MVP is. There's so many good players who are contributing to your winning. The usually I would go with a late round guy because they offer the most value and they do contribute directly to winning. But this year I have to give it to Jokic, who's a first round guy. It's just because he was the difference between where he is drafted and where he is right now is actually a, a big jump. You know, coming from a late first round to the number one overall and and that's not even close. Even with James Harden uh, averaging almost triple doubles, uh, he's still by far the best player. He's averaging a lot of triple doubles, just like Harden. You know, he's shooting much better. He's the only career high in steals, 1.6 steals. And you know, he's not turning ball over. He's just he's just so solid. He just contributes so much across the board. Given that he's also a center, he um. With that kind of number, it just—it just—he's—he's just fantasy beast. He's a fantasy beast this year, and he should be the fantasy MVP going forward. Now I'm gonna talk about a topic that not directly relate to fantasy, and that's coach of the year. It deserves some mention uh, because. Uh, some of the teams, the surprise teams, and all teams that are realizing their potential, has some a lot to do with coaches. A lot of them has to do with um, either a new coach or the coach finally getting the most out of their players. And here are my top coach of the year candidates. First, I'm gonna start with Philadelphia. Doc River, new coach, he's getting the best year out of Joe M. B. Joe M B is having an MVP season, and Doc Rivers deserves some credit for getting that. Also, a top defensive team, he's getting a lot out of Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons, uh, just everybody across the board. He's turned Shake Milton into the new Lou Williams, uh, six man off the bench. He should deserve some mention for six man of the year, Shake Milton. But uh, Doc Rivers deserves a lot of credit for guiding this Philadelphia team, stabilizing the ship, and steering towards the best record in the East right now. So Doc River gives my nomination for Coast of the Year. From the best team in the East to the best team in the West is the Utah Jazz. Quinn Snyder has finally found out how to get the best out of their lineup. They had a lot of weapons. There's no one dominant superstar like there is in Philadelphia. They have Gobert, they have Conley, they have Mitchell, they have good role players like Ingles, Royce O'Neal, Bogdanovich, and Clarkson. So it's a really deep team. It's a real deep team with a 
very good starting five and two really good bench players in Ingles and Clarkson. And so, you know, what would you say about a team that's just like seven deep, uh, full of all-stars and defensive player of the year candidates like Gobert? You give them coach of the year. You know, plain and simple. He got he, to get that much production out of everybody. You know, whenever they have a injury, this is the bench player step up. Usually it's the angle. Angle fills in for like, you know, if Conley goes down, angle comes in and fills up. And if Mitchell needs to rest or whoever, or like Bogdanovich is struggling, angles will come in and Clarkson also come in and, and shoots lights out. I believe Clarkson had a 40 point game off the bench. And that's, now that's on him, but you know, the, the coach uh, deserves a lot of credit for getting all these production out of all these players. Speaking of getting a lot of production out of a lot of different players, Steve Nash, rookie coach Steve Nash, deserves some credit. Second best record right behind Philadelphia in the East. Brooklyn Nets are had won nine of the last ten games before the All-Star, and they deserve a lot of credit. They have a lot of injuries, like Durant. They have a lot of people sitting out, you know, uh, missing time. You know, Harden came in, you know, uh, in the middle of the season, uh, and then Kyrie set out a few games. And through all in all, he held it together. I think Steve Nash handled the situation very well for like Kyrie and Durant and the Harden transition. Uh, he made that work, and now the team is uh, have the best offense in the NBA, and that has to give some credit to Steve Nash and his coaching. Also, to get you know all the production from the superstar is not easy. Just because you think you have superstars, then you get great production. But he's getting great production out of all his superstars. But what I'm impressed most is you know, getting production from very good role players. You know, Joe Harris consistently shooting threes. He's shooting 50% from threes. Like that, that has to be, that has to be a record. And he's averaging career highs in points, three pointers made. On that. Now, also Jeff Green, coming as a small ball center, he's contributing across the board. You know, good shooting, three points, ten points, five rebounds. You know, very solid production from. Jeff Green and just utilizing him in a very effective way to play small ball center and also come in and and fill in for like Durant when he's out. Getting DeAndre Jordan also contribute is also great. You know, DeAndre Jordan is not spring chicken anymore, but you know, he's still giving you close to a double double, having impact around the rim, uh, shot blocking somewhat. And then, of course, that this guy, nobody knew who he was uh, at the beginning of the season, but uh, he is a lottery pick for Detroit. His name is Bruce Brown, and he plays shooting guard. But Steve Nash, with his creativity, somehow turned him into a small ball center at 6'4". Yeah, 6'4", small ball center. Kind of like a P.J. Tucker, but of course he's... He's much more athletic. He's much more younger. He he is a guard by trait, but to turn a Bruce Brown, 
Goku is a tough-nosed defender, very rugged, uh, very strong around the rim. To turn him into a small ball center and front court player to fill in for a Durant or fill in for injured Jeff Green, just out of necessity, is just uh, beautiful coaching. So heads off to Steve Nash for turning Jeff Green, Bruce Brown, and all those superstars to reduce at a high level and leading the NBA in scoring. If I have to guess who would actually win at the end of the season for Coach of the Year, it'll probably be Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers familiar, he's been the Coach of the Year before. And guiding a team like Philadelphia to a best record in the East well, we'll probably win him over, the press will probably select him over the rookie coach like Nash and over Quinn Snyder. And that's my pick. That's my guess for rook coach of the year. Who is my personal favorite? I would actually say it's, it's a toss-up between Quinn Snyder and Steve Nash just because the... The production he's getting out of all the players is just is just um, amazing. Now, Doc River got great production out of the best player, and that's not easy. But getting production out of all those role players in Utah and New Jersey, I mean Brooklyn, <laughs> slip it there, um, Brooklyn Nets, then um, that's that's impressed me uh, a lot. That impressed me most, of course. I like them because the, the Steve Nash and Quinn Snyder gave us a lot of fantasy assets. You know, each team has seven to give each team seven fantasy assets, usable fantasy assets. You know, either you're streaming them or, or rostering them to give us all those fantasy assets um, has to give me some bias towards them. So that's why I said Nash or Quinn Snyder should be coach of the year. Especially in terms of fantasy, yeah, just because giving us all those fantasy assets is nice. Whereas in Philadelphia, they have some fantasy assets, but not as rich as uh, the Brooklyn Nets or the Utah Jazz. Here's my reaction to the All-Star Weekend skills, slam dunk, and three-point contest participants. The slam dunk contest is kind of like, you know, uh, hasn't had a lot of superstar in recent years, and this year is just, oh, I haven't heard about these guys in, in usually NBA forums or any kind of talk. None of these are fantasy assets, except for every Simon, who is a streamer of the tra- Portland Trailblazers. Then you got Obi Toppin of New York Knicks, the rookie, a big man rookie. And then you have Cassius Stanley, who's a two-way player for the Indiana Pacers. I have no idea who these guys are. Obi Thompson is a big guy who can dunk, definitely can dunk. Every time is usually, I would say, he's known as a shooter. I mean, in fantasy land, he's a scorer, shooter. But not a big dunker, but he is a guard, he's short. Cassius Stanley is an athletic wing, and I don't know who what he does so it's a real toss-up um you know if i have to guess i would say cassius stanley just because guys like 
Derek Jones Jr. has won it before, and he was a two-way player, athletic guy. So maybe Cassius Stanley has that same same kind of um, uh, name recognition. Hopefully, he has that that kind of talent like Derek Jones Jr. Now, by far the most star-studded star-studded contest is in the skills. Uh, in terms of name recognition, you got Robert Covington, Luka Doncic, Chris Paul, Julius Randle, DeMontis Sabonis, and Nikolaj Vucevic. All these are great fantasy assets. Chris Paul being the top one, look like Vucevic also. And Doncic is favorite to win it, and I would be actually rooting for Vucevic, yeah, uh, I will be rooting Vucevic to win it because he is a very well fundamentally sound big guy and he can shoot, pass, and all that. So uh, that's my pick for winning the contest. But you know, Luka as a favorite is uh, also a no-brainer. Three-point contest is also a little bit star-studded. You got Steph Curry. You got Mike Conley, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Zach Levine with Donovan Mitchell. So it turns out, I think, in recent years, and especially the last decade, the skills and three-point contest has trumped the slam dunk contest in star power. Just because a lot of star players don't want to exert all that um, energy for slam dunk and and maybe like you know hurt themselves or something. But uh, for three point and skills competition, uh, you know there's less risk. And uh, so the stars are coming out for the three points for three point contest. Curry is obviously the favorite. If I have to guess, who would actually win? I would pick Mike Conley. There are no odds against Mike Conley. He's a replacement for Booker. So, and Mike Conley is having career high in threes. So, and I know I'm happy that he's actually selected in the All Star team as a replacement for Booker in the actual All Star game. So, I would say Conley uh, over Curry. That's that's a bold that's a bold statement, right? Conley over Curry in three point contest because. Just because you know, take a take a wild guess. You know, sometimes the favorite don't always win in this kind of contest. So Mike Conley is a very uh, good bet here. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can subscribe to me on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, among other platforms. You can follow me at. EB Daddy Podcast on Twitter or at Basketball Daddy Podcast on Instagram. Thank you again for listening. See you next time.